All right, welcome back to another edition of International Radio. Just taking some time to seek your space. You know, it's been a little while since we've been on the air. And we just wanted to start out by praying and just declaring his will and his kingdom. So, Father, we just give you praise right now, Lord. We just thank you. We just thank you for your goodness. And we just declare your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, your plans and purposes would come forth with everybody listening tonight. Speak to our hearts. Show us Jesus. Make us more like you. Holy Spirit, we just pray you take control tonight. That you would illuminate the word of God. That you would teach us, lead us, guide us, fill us. Glory and the honor of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start out talking about Psalm 100. Psalm of David. And this psalm was written as a psalm of worship, a psalm of joy, just a praise, you know, just a worship unto God. And I think it's funny how... In a lot of our church services, we see the prelude to the preaching as our worship service, our our singing. It's the thing that we do before the preaching. Let me kind of give you what the Word of God says and see how the Holy Spirit, see how David, see how God defines what that portion, what that time, what that really is. So Psalm 100, it's a psalm of praise, and it starts out like this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful noise. I'm going to repeat verse 1. Under the Lord, all you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. With gladness. You know, a lot of times we're looking for that perfect sound, that perfect song, the perfect voice, the most professional orchestrated, finely tuned. But here, the word of God says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, all ye earth, everybody. Just make a joyful noise. Get happy about God. Let's get happy about God. 
but get happy about the Lord. How many times do we come into a service, come into a prayer time, and it's out of obligation, fear, it's out of desperation, and the life and the joy and the peace just seem to be so absent from our church service or Bible study or prayer time or devotional. Why? Because we've come into a place in our churches, come to a place in our everyday lives where we get settled on just the mundane, just the just the bare minimum. Let me go to church on Sunday. Let me pay my 10%. Drop my money in the bucket. Do all good that I can. Maybe help my neighbor every now and then. Try not to steal a pen or a pencil on my job. But when it comes down to really seeking God, most people, most Christians, are not there. They're caught in the rut, caught in the trap of religion, caught in the trap of churchianity instead of Christianity. Instead of being focused and seeking Christ and consumed with Christ and his spirit, they're consumed with ritualism, formalism. And they're not in tune or in touch or intact with the Lord with the Holy Spirit or even with the Word of God. So here in Psalm 100, God's not looking for professionalism or the best voice. He's looking for somebody to get happy about Him. Everywhere, all you lambs, everywhere, all over the earth. He says, serve the Lord with gladness and come His presence. What is Come before his presence with singing. See, God in his word defines the singing time as a prelude to his presence, not a prelude to the preaching. It's not a prelude to the preaching, but rather it's the invitation, the invitation, the invite to his presence, to him. It's the thing we do that brings him. He says, Know ye the Lord. Psalm 100 now. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye the Lord. He is God. It is he that has made us. And not we ourselves. We are his people. And the sheep of his pasture. See, this pretty much puts things in proper perspective to the believer, to the non-believer, to the person that's reading this. It says this. Know God is the Lord. Know that the Lord is God. Do you even know God? It is He that has made us. We're so busy trying to make God in our image, we don't realize He's already made us in Him. He's already made us in his, 
he made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What does that mean? He's the shepherd, the good shepherd. What did Jesus say? I am the good shepherd. And my sheep, my voice, and my sheep, they know me, and I know them. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. It's just like the dog and his master. It's just like a friendship relationship on the telephone where you get used to someone's voice and you know what's a familiar voice or an unfamiliar voice, a strange voice or a voice that you you know. Jesus the good shepherd. Do you know his voice? Do you know him? Do you know his presence? Do you know his presence? You see, we can know his word, but do we know him? And there's got to be a balance. The Bible says a false scale and a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. So Jesus said, well, let's shift gears for a minute. So we were talking about the presence of God. Psalm 100. It says, Know that the Lord, he is God. He has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are talking about the good shepherd. Who is the shepherd? Who is leading your life? Who are you following? Who are you following? See, somebody's leading your life. There's somebody that you're following. And is it the good shepherd? Is it Jesus? See, there's a cost to following Jesus. Listen to this. And they were walking, this is Luke chapter 9, 57. As they were walking along, Someone said to Jesus, I will follow you no matter where you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but I, the son of man, have no home of my own, not even a place to lay my head. He said to another person, come, be my disciple. The man agreed, but said, Lord, let let me first return home to bury my father. 
Jesus replied, let those who are spiritually dead care for their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach the coming of the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, I will follow you, but first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. See, there's a cost to following Jesus. There's a cost to following Jesus. He says, enter his gates. Back to Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless with many. Enter his gates, thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. What is he talking about here? Look, if you're going to get in to the gates of God, if you're going to get into heaven, you've got to be thankful. If you're going to get into heaven, you've got to be thankful. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and enter his courts. With praise. How are you going to get into the place where the Lord is? Praise, singing, thankfulness. Is it making any sense? You see, we're, we're not just singing just to sing and hear our voices. God said, I don't care what it sounds like. Make a joyful noise. I'm looking. God says, I'm looking for someone that's going to get happy about me. Who's going to get happy about Jesus? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. God's looking for someone that's going to make a joyful noise. He's not concerned about what it sounds like. He's not concerned about what it looks like. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come on, people. He's not looking for someone to do their duty or fulfill their their obligation. Well, I went to church this Sunday morning. Good for me. I did my duty and paid God his respect. And I put my money in the bucket or in the basket or in the envelope, wherever you put it. And sometimes it's more out of a sense of obligation than out of, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. What's your attitude like when someone says, let's go to the house of God, let's go to church, go to the Bible study, let's go to the prayer meeting, hey, Let's go to the fellowship. Hey, we're having this event at my church. Come on. Are you glad? Are you happy? Serve the Lord with gladness, right? Psalm 100, back to that. I know I chased a few little rabbit trails. That's what's fun about this radio deal. 
We just go wherever we go. Hey, the spirit goes where he will. We're just trying to follow. Psalm 100. Are you joyful? Are you glad? Are you singing? See, you can always tell when people are happy. Why? You watch somebody walking down the street singing. Look over while you're driving in your car. Somebody's just jamming away, singing away, snapping their fingers, whatever they're doing. They're just getting into what they're listening to on the radio. People have that song. Walking around just singing, humming, whistling, whatever. That song's inside of them. Usually a good indicator that they've got a little bit of joy stirring up. God said, come before his presence with singing. Hey, God likes to be around happy people. Nobody likes to be around a bunch of bummer people, people that are always talking this and that, negativity, bringing it down, and nothing good to say. Well, that's why God says, hey, whatsoever things are good, lovely, whatsoever things are good to report, good praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Set your mind on things above. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. What you begin to meditate on begins to flood into your life. But God says, Know that the Lord, he is God. See, God wants you to have an intimate, personal knowledge of him. And you may ask yourself, look, he's just going back through Psalm 100. Well, no, we got into Luke a little bit. We're going to jump back into Proverbs and Psalms here in a minute. It's all going to tie together. This is the thing. God wants you to know him. He wants you to be excited happy, joyous, glad to know him. No one wants to be tolerated. One of my mentors has this saying, and I love it. He says, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Mike Murdoch says that. He says, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. God's like that. You know where God goes? Where he's celebrated. You know where the Holy Spirit manifests? Do you know where Jesus likes to hang out? He likes to be around the people that celebrate him. He doesn't want to be tolerated. Oh, well, I guess we'll go to church. I guess we'll show up early enough to listen to that singing before the preacher starts. Oh, well, come on. It's not a prelude to the preaching. It's not we do this before the preacher. No, we do this so that it's present. We do this before God shows up. See? 
we worship and sing and thank and praise and get glad. Why? So that God will show up. And not just in church on Sundays, Wednesdays, Fridays, or whenever you go. But wherever you go, you get to a place where you begin to make a joyful noise. And you begin to get glad that wherever you go, God wants to be there. Why? Know ye the Lord, that he is God. God wants to be intimate. Intimately personable. We've got an intimately personal God. And he wants to be personal with you. See, Jesus prayed a prayer. He said, Our Father, Abba. He brought the Father even a little closer. He said, Daddy. Why? Intimately personal. See, there's no other religion out there who's God or who's deity or who's... And when I say God, I say that with little G, no respect to the one and only true God, big G. Okay, but when I say God, I say little G. There's no other God. There's no other idol. There's no other deity out there that loves. There's only one. God. Big G. His name is Jehovah. His name is Jesus. He's here present by the Holy Spirit. And he's the only one that loves his people and loves those that worship him. He's the only one. Intimately personal. Our Father, our Father, Daddy, Abba. Who did he call Abraham? Friend of God. Who did Jesus call John? John the Beloved. The one that loved the Lord. See, God is looking for you to get to a place where you love him and you're happy to be with him. You're excited. You're glad. And not just to be with him, but to be with him and his people. See, he's got a family. But right now we're talking about him and his presence. Giving him his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Thankfulness, thankfulness, thankfulness. Gratefulness. Are you grateful? Are you grateful? Are you thankful? See, how are you going to get to heaven? How are you going to enter his gates? You better be thankful. See, I learned one quick way to cure ingratitude. You lose something. You know that song, you don't know what you got till it's gone? You just always say that, hear that phrase? You don't know what you got till it's gone. The quickest way to get gratitude back in your life, go through some loss. 
go through some trials, go through some fires, and realize how good you used to have it when you don't have it so good anymore. Come on now. We all go through seasons of loss, seasons of pain, seasons of what we call suffering. Why? To bring us to a place in God where we become thankful, we become gracious, we become full of gratitude, we begin to bless his name. We become humble people that are desperate for God. And not just desperate, but excited for God. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. See, God is good. Anyone that tells you God is not good is a liar. God is good in every good thing that comes from above. Guess what? Every good thing that comes into your life, guess what? It comes from God. God is good. We have it all backwards. We think we're good. You're not good. God is good. Only God is good. See, what did, what did we read earlier? What did we read earlier? Yeah, exactly. Even on our best day, we're just filthy rags. Now, don't get me wrong. God loves us. And we're the diamond in his eye, you know. We're the apple of his eye. But we just talked about that phrase the other night. Why would someone name their kid Apple? You know, God named David in the Bible Apple. He said, you're the apple of my eye, David. So... We know that's one reason. God, the apple of your eye. But what is the apple of your eye anyway? It's the most centered, fixed part of your eye. The apple. In fact, when you look into the apple of somebody's eye, you see the reflection of what they're looking at. If the lighting's good. And of course, if your eyesight's good. The apple of God's eye. That's who you are. If you're his child, if you're his son, if you're his daughter, if you're a child of the king, what did he say? You're the sheep of his pasture. He's the shepherd. You're the sheep. He's the father. You're the child. What is, know ye that the Lord, he is God, not we ourselves. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. That's Psalm 100 right there, what we were just talking about. In other words, get it straight in your mind that you're not the creator. Although he may give you the ability to create. He is the almighty creator. He made you in his image. He made me in his image. And we often have to repent of trying to create God in our image. Because we're so smart, you know. So what am I saying? God is good and his mercy endures. His mercy is everlasting. God is merciful. Listen, he wants you to be merciful. 
And if you want God's mercy in your life, you've got to extend mercy. If you want God's forgiveness in your life, you need to extend forgiveness. It's it's one of those paradoxes, kind of like what we used to call an oxymoron, I guess if that's even the right term, but it's one of those things that doesn't make sense. You give and you receive. You seek and you find. You know, you you lose your life, but then you gain it, right? And Jesus said, whatever you lose in this life will be returned to you a hundredfold in the next. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. I have no clue. But I know this, that Jesus isn't a liar. And he's definitely a good, if you want to call it gamble or whatever you want to call it, throw it all down on the Lord. Throw it all down for Jesus. You want his presence in your life. Why? Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And you're not going to experience the joy of the Lord. You're not going to be happy outside of his presence. And you're not going to be in his presence outside of gratitude, outside of worship and praise, outside of giving your all to him. He's not looking for just a song, just so you just sing. He's not looking for some posture where you get on your knees and grovel and beg and cry and make a big drama. Although some of that might happen in the middle of your time with God. So if it does, don't don't be offended or don't take that wrong what I said. But listen, he doesn't need the theatrics. God's looking for obedience. And he's looking for a pure heart, a genuine heart. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Let's go to Psalm 51. Let's see what Psalm 51 has to say since we're over here in Psalm 100. I'll give everybody a little time to get there. All right. Time's up. Psalm 51. And if you don't have it, just listen and write it down and look at it, read it later. Mark it in your Bible. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sin. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me for my sin. For I recognize my shameful deeds. They haunt me all day and all night. You ever have things that just weigh on your spirit, just kind of stir up, at you? Just picks at you. Pick, 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 pick. Because you know it's not right. You know you violated somebody or yourself or God. 
Well, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's God bringing judgment, bringing justice, bringing you a chance to repent. See, that's mercy. Mercy. Everybody say mercy. We need mercy. We need mercy. In order to get mercy, guess what? We have to give mercy. We hear David saying, I recognize my shameful deeds. They haunt me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. Jesus, look, no one even knew about this. This is something I did in secret. No one even knew that I sinned against you. It wasn't even between me. It wasn't something I did to somebody. It wasn't something I did against anyone. It was something that I had against God. See, it's the little things. The little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that separate us. You'd be surprised what a little pothole will do to a tire if you hit it at just the right angle. It doesn't look like much, but it can do some serious damage. And listen, there's little things that come into our lives. And we hit them at just the right angle. And they can do some major damage to stop things from going forward and bring us to a screeching halt, just like those potholes in the road. He says, I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, But you desire honesty from my heart. So you can teach me to be wise in my inmost being. Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me. And I will be whiter than snow. Listen, David sitting here saying, Hey, I was a sinner from the day I was born. But you can do something inside of me. And I can follow your wisdom. And it will keep me from sin. Listen, you don't have to choose the way of the unrighteous. You don't have to choose to do evil every time evil presents itself. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be perfect, although Jesus would love you to be perfect. Yes, God does want you to obey his commandment. But we're going to fall short. We, We mess up. We miss it. But what I am saying is if you'll begin to listen to God, if you'll begin to follow the word of God, if you'll begin to take the wise advice of people that are living and walking in righteousness and pursuing truth and pursuing the wisdom of God, David said, listen to what David said, you desire honesty from the heart, wise, in my inmost being. He's talking to God here. He's saying, Holy Spirit, you teach me in my innermost being inside. Speak to me. Lead me. So we can let the presence of God lead us and guide us. What did Jesus say? The Holy Spirit will be in you, lead you and guide you into all truth. Lo, I'm with you. Even to the end of the earth. 
He's with you. He's in you to lead you and guide you. And guess what? The Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, all in your life to bring you to a place of truth and bring you to a place of direction. He says, verse 7, Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Give me back the joy again. Give me back the joy. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And make me willing to obey you. What's going on here? David sinned against God and his relationship was was broken. A wall was kind of put up. It was breached. He felt that separation. He felt that separation. And he knew what was going on. He knew he had sinned against God. And he went to God. He said, God, make this right. Help me make it right. I want your presence. I want your presence. I want your presence. I want to be joyous again. I want my salvation again. I want to be happy in you again. So that's where we're at. He says, make me willing to obey you. Sometimes you've got to ask God, God, help me to obey you. Because the natural tendency inside of us, our flesh, we don't want to always obey God. We don't always want to do what he says to do or not to do. Come on. And we've got to ask, ask God, help me. Be merciful, Father. Give me the ability. Help me to obey you. Fill me with your spirit. Restore to me the joy. Let me get happy about you again. Do you ever feel like that? See, we were talking about it, and you were like, well, I just don't feel like that. I just don't feel happy when they say, let's go to the house of the Lord. I'm not glad to get up on Sunday morning and go to church. you ever feel like that? Well, maybe it's because there's a wall. Maybe it's because something in your life has gotten between you and God. I know there's all kinds of things that get between me and God. And I've got to put my eye on them. i got to put my thumb on them. i got to start looking. Jesus, what is it? And some things are obvious and some things are not so obvious. But that's why we have to ask God, help me to obey you. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Psalm 51. Oh, place. So Psalm 51. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Everybody say, wash me, Lord. Yeah. 
you know, Jesus is the living water. And not only will he quench your thirst, but he'll wash you. Yeah. Think about that. You know, we always talk about how you're going to have a drink. Well, have a bath. Some people listening to this probably need a bath. All right, so check this out. He says, look, help me to obey you. Wash me. Make me clean. Give me joy. Fill me with your spirit. Tell you again. And then listen, what's he going to do with it? What's his response to it? What is David going to do with all this? This is what he's going to do. And this is what we need to do. Verse 13, then will I teach your ways to sinners, and they will return to you. See, listen, sometimes when we return back to God, it's not for us. We've got to reach our arm out. We've got to reach our hand out. We've got to point the way for other people to have that same opportunity that God gives to us. See, God gives us a chance to turn around. God gives us a chance at forgiveness, right? God gives us a second chance and cleans us up, washes us. Yeah, whatever, however many chances. So this is the thing, though. Forgive and you should be forgiven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us, or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, or forgive us for our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us, depending on how you learned it. I don't know. But can we do that? Then will I teach your ways to sinners, and they will return to you. 14, forgive me for shedding blood, O God. Then will I joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that I may praise you. I'll be pleased with the sacrifices, or I would bring them. If I brought you a burnt offering, you would not accept it. The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit. See, God wants a humble, open-yielded spirit. He doesn't care. what kind of stuff you can bring or what kind of show you can show. He wants you to get your heart right. He wants you to get your heart right. Get your heart right. Get it right. A broken and repentant heart, oh God. Verse 17. The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit. A broken and repentant heart, O God, you will not despise. Look with favor on Zion. See, you want the favor of God? Learn to repent. You want the favor of God? Be yielded and open to God. If you want the favor of God, become a worshiper and a lover of God. Get excited about Him. Get so excited about Him that you're glad. You can't wait. Because it's present. It's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. See, get it. Nothing in this world was created to pleasure you. 
It was all made according to the Bible to pleasure God. But on the flip side, God and his presence are here to pleasure you and me and anyone that will. Get it? That's how it works. I don't know. That's why so many things kind of lose their flair and we get bored so easy with stuff. We get bored with things. We get bored with people. We get bored with stuff. Why? Because it wasn't made for our pleasure. It was made for God's pleasure. I know that sounds crazy. But it's true. And see, God and his presence were made for your and my pleasure. But everything else was made for him. Including us. So think about that. Chew on that one for a minute. Yeah. So this is the deal. All right, so... Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with worthy sacrifices. With their whole burnt offering and bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. So what's that saying? Look, God wants pure sacrifice, pure worship. He wants your heart. Don't just give him a song. Give him your heart. Don't just give him a a tune or clap your hands or raise your hands or kneel down or make a big show for God if you don't give him your heart. Lady just told me we have 90 seconds left. So this is the deal, guys. This is a good place to stop. Don't sing and don't play around and don't do all this religious stuff if you're not really going to give them your heart. If you really don't want to know them. If you really don't want to get glad about who he is. And if you really don't want to be in his presence. So if you want to be, let's pray. First of all, if you need Jesus, let's ask him, Father, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I realize I'm a sinner. I don't want to go to hell. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Wash me in your blood. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, just ask him in. Ask him into your heart. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And he will. Because he's a good father. And if you ask, you'll receive. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. Have a blessed night.